This is Guideposts with Dr. Tim Stoffer, a podcast where Tim and his friends engage in purposeful conversation about identity, parenting, culture, faith, and more. Tim Stoffer is a professor of counseling and a licensed clinical counselor. My name is Sam Mayung, and I'm Tim's friend. My life has been greatly enriched by my time talking to Tim and getting his thoughts on many matters that impact my life daily. After listening to this podcast, I hope you'll feel the same. Guideposts are discernment markers. They provide opportunities for direction as well as warnings of pitfalls. Go this way and be careful of that way. We hope that each episode provides some sense of direction as we navigate the challenges of daily life. Thanks so much for listening. Quick disclaimer, the content of this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your licensed mental health provider. Tim, here we go. Good morning. Um, good morning. Hi. How are you today? Doing good. Uh, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, okay, Tim. So today we're going to talk about uh, what you what you were talking about is this idea of change theory, right? Did I say yeah. that? Like, is that how you call it? Change yeah. theory of I, I change. How do people change, change? Sure. So you know, how do people change? How do you develop habits? Um, and particular, particularly, how do you change stubborn habits? that don't seem to yield like that, you, you know, it's an unhealthy habit that continues to stick around and it's not changing. Um, so today I'm talking about that, how do you actually produce change in your life? Excellent. So I'm just curious, like, as you reflect back on your life, do you have any examples that you would, that you would think of where you have made a substantive change and it's stuck? Like Ooh, where, yeah. you, where you, um, where you would say, <clears throat> you know, I, I made this attempt at change and I succeeded and I'm, I'm pretty pleased with myself and how yeah. this has come about. Um, yes. Uh, I think, yes, there has been several, I think of, well, some of them have waxed and waned sure. in their successfulness. Um, but two that immediately come into my mind, um, one is, a habit of reading my Bible. Yeah. And two, another is my ability to wake up in the morning and not sleep in or sleep away my day. Like in college, it was, you know, if I didn't have anything going on, you'd find me sleeping until 11, 12 if I really could, you know. Sure. And then even getting married and coming into um, adulthood and, and newly married, having a job that gives me a lot of flexibility with, how I structure my day, you know, there were my first, you know, couple years being married and with my new job that you'd find me mornings sleeping in well past a professional working human should. Sure. Now it wasn't noon, but right. there were days where I'd be like, man, this is shameful and I embarrassed and mm -hmm. I wish I, and I, but it felt like something I couldn't break. Yeah. Well, what really changed that was having kids mm -hmm. and I just didn't have the option anymore. So I'm not sure if that still works with what we're going to talk about, but I don't have any problem now waking up at 6 a.m. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't the case for me previously. And I can do that pretty easily now. Right. So well, I think a lot of the changes that happen in our lives are, are forced, forced upon, upon us. us. Yeah. Like there's a, I, I would agree with there's that. an element of, of life has a way of, of creating the conditions with which we must respond in order to be able to thrive. And so, so there's an element where it's not shameful 
to change and adjust with the environment that we're in and what it requires of us. So, yeah. so there is an element of that. That's not a, it's not a particularly shameful reality. There are times when, when we have these um, habits where the environment's not going to force us to change. Right. Uh, and, and if we're going to bring about change, it's going to require something of us. It's mm-hmm. going to, it's going to require, and Dallas Willard, um, puts it nicely in what he, um, he calls the acronym them. Um, and obviously he built it off that, the old phraseology of what's called them and vigor. Um, okay. and so he breaks down them, that part of, um, that phrase and, and talks about, um, them is vision, intention, and means. And so if we're going to, if we're going to change, we have to develop a clear vision for it. Um, Proverbs says something along the lines of that, where there is no vision, people perish. Um, yep. Another translation says where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. And I like that. I like that visual of like, if we don't have a clear target for which we're moving towards our ability to be restrained or our ability to say no, our ability to sacrifice for the purpose of that thing is hmm. going to be really severely challenged. So if we're going to change, we have to develop a clear sense of vision for it. Uh, and we actually have to intend to do it. Like yeah. we have to have some form of intention. It's like, mm-hmm. we got to make choices. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you're not going to just float your way to positive change in life. And, and you know what, it's like the lazy river. I'm going to sit in my inner tube <laughs> and just kind of float down into positive change. And yeah. I, I'm going to really, and it's like, no, you better plan on swimming upstream. Like the current's going to be against you. Like yeah. If you want to really change, there's going to be factors and forces at work um, in your life that are going to, that are going to get in your way. Uh, and then we need to have the mechanism by which we do it. We need the means we need. Um, we need to harness the, the energy, the resources, everything necessary um, in order for us to, to accomplish that. And so that's a helpful, um, I think it's a helpful way of, of starting with an idea about how we go about changing is that let's develop a vision for it. Uh, and, and find, um, and build our intention to bring about change and then let's collect our resources to make it happen. And so one of the resources that I think are, is very useful, um, in bringing about change comes from the recovery community. Um, or I should say it, it comes from a prayer that the recovery movement okay. uses, um, significantly. And it's called the serenity. Right. Prayer. We've, ref- we've talked about that before a couple of times. Yes. Many, many people know of the serenity prayer, um, and, um, affirm its value and its, um, wisdom. Uh, and it goes like this, God, give me the serenity or the peace to accept the things that I cannot change the courage to change the things that I can and then the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, and so when we think about vision, when we think about aim in for something, uh, we're going in, we want to get there and we intend to. Uh, that idea of focusing on the center of the target is the space where we're able to make change. If we're aiming at the things we can't change, mm-hmm. um, we're out of bounds. We're only going to get hurt. Um, we're going to likely become very manipulative. We will likely be emotionally dysregulated and we're not going to be able to affect change. And in fact, it will probably shrink the space that we are able to make change. Like, like we will lose power and we will lose, 
um, capacity. We will lose energy. We will lose focus. We will lose the things that help us to change by focusing on what we can't. So there's a, there's an exponential negative effect to focusing on what we can't change. And many people that's precisely where they focus. And so could you give me some examples of what maybe some like, um, an inappropriate target would be like something that you try to change, but realistically is not where you should. Well, let's just say I need a job. Yeah. And I continue and I consistently blame people interviewing me for the problem. Sure. It's like, they didn't ask me the right questions. They weren't very discerning. It's like, they have a problem. Mm. And it's like, if all I do is lament and complain about the processes that, that are against me around which I, I'm like, I don't have any, I don't have any ability to make that happen, but all I'm going to do is focus on trying to make that the solution point. Mm -hmm. Well, now I'm stuck Mm -hmm. like, and I'm going to, I'm going to lose my, um, I'm going to lose the motivation to try to, to build my resume, to practice interviewing, to, to go out there and put myself out there and take the risk and, and build my, um, job hunting skills. And so that would be one, that would be one, um, possibility of, of how we can move outside of our circle of control. Um, do you have any others that you think of that, um, would, would fit into the category of things we can't control? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think immediately my initial thought is other people. It's, it's, you know, when you're in a relationship and, um, the other person continues to respond to something in a particular way that you don't like, um, you actually have no control over how that person responds to a situation, Mm -hmm. you know, but if I'm investing all of my energy in, I want this person to not be anxious in this situation, I actually can't control that. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, 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 so I think, yeah, I think it's, it's situations where it's almost you're, you're putting your energy on someone else rather than your yourself. Right. 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 It's like, if I, it's like, I, it's like as siblings, I punched my brother and I say, it's your fault. You got punched because you were doing, <laughs> it's like, it's like, we're, we're moving outside of our air control. It's like, no, you, you need to take responsibility yeah. for what you're doing. Um, not making it about your sibling. Marriage has a lot of that process going on. It's like, it's like, you know what? So in my marriage, all the, if you just take a pie chart, man, I bring 5% of the problem to my marriage that like of all of our problems, <laughs> if my wife would take care of her 95% of the problem, my 5% would resolve itself on its own. Like it wouldn't even, <laughs> it wouldn't even be a problem. And so that, that kind of calculus is ways of living outside of, um, outside of the areas in which we have control. And so, so finding our way, finding our way to that inner circle takes a great deal of wisdom and it's, um, it's, it's challenging and it's hard and it, it often, um, leads a person, um, to some really deep reflective work of saying, what, what do I have available to me? What can I focus on? And sometimes that's very, a very small circle. And, and it's like, well, that's fine. That's, if it's a small circle, now we know precisely where to focus. And so we, 
we, um, we focus on that inner, that inner space of what we are, what we're, what we are able to control. Great. And, and in recovery, in the recovery community, as soon as we start to focus in that area, it begins to build the muscle and that space begins to expand. And, it, and we, and we increase our ability to have impact into more areas of life because we're doing what we can do with what we have. And so much like if we focus outside the circle, we shrink. If we focus inside that circle of what we can control, we grow and that circle gets bigger and we have, we have, um, yeah, we just, we become more competent in addressing the issues of life. That's great. That makes sense. Yeah. So there are two researchers um, who developed a way of change or a way of understanding change um, for people who want to stay in that space of what they can control. And, and so they, they mapped out um, five stages that people move through in the change process. Um, there's, there's pre-contemplation. And pre-contemplation is... That's who are that, the, um, if you don't mind, who are the names? Oh, the... Um, Prochaska um, and Di Clemente are, okay. um, are the researchers that, that mapped out this, this theory. <clears throat> and it's, it's called the trans-theoretical model of change. So it's okay. what they're saying. The, these researchers were saying this model of understanding is, is like stands above and is useful across different um, theoretical models of counseling or psychology, where it's like you can use this model with many, many different um, theories of helping people, and we can we can include this model in the show notes. Sure, yeah, we absolutely. Uh, and so what they what they discovered is that stage one is called pre contemplation. Pre contemplation is a place where where it is exactly what it says. It's before we contemplate changing. Yeah, yeah. Like we're in this place of ignorance. We're in this place of, of we're, we're blind to our need for change. We, we can think about, um, um, smoking. It's like, I'm going to smoke. I, it's not, it's not a big deal. It's like, I, I have no intention to change. I have no desire to change. I have no need to change. I don't, sure. I'm not even thinking about it. It's just, it's simply not on the radar screen. And that's an important um, space for change. It's, it's important to recognize that people go are oftentimes in that stage. And so if you are interested in how helping a person change that you care about and they're in that stage, well, you want to be very, very particular about how you engage that person in change talk. Okay. Because yeah. you, you need to, you're going to need to make your case. You're going to have to whet the appetite. You're going to have to create a vision. You're going to have to help a person develop a sense of, of movement. So when you talk about kids come along and you change, well, you may have been in pre-contemplation and now the kids came along. It smacks you in the face. Like change is now necessary. There's sure. a, there's an importance to, to life, and that moves us into the contemplation stage of change. Contemplation is the, is the space where we can sit for a very long time, um, recognizing that, you know, I know I need to stop smoking. I know I need to stop this behavior. I know I need to start this behavior. Uh, I know what the science says. I know that exercise is important. I know that good nutrition is important. I know that I cannot keep eating McDonald's every day. 
I cannot keep this. This is not work, but I don't know that I have any in plan. Like, I don't know if I can do it. I'm not confident. Right. And so it's a, it's a time for, it's a time for really encountering, um, the truth. It's in, it's time, it's time to build courage. It, it's time to be saying, I am willing to attend to something that is necessary. I remember um, one of the big changes I'm currently in the middle of making is nine months ago, I started at CrossFit. Um, I remember when I was 35, I remember saying, by the time I turn 40, I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. I was contemplating almost 15 years ago. um, I was deliberately contemplating a very deliberate movement into exercise and fitness and taking care of my body. And I knew I needed to, I, I often, I would say, I know it's important. I would say it's important. I'll tell other people it's important, but would I do it? I just, it just didn't happen. I hit 40 and I was not in the best shape of my life. It didn't, didn't, (laughs) it didn't happen. Um, I remember around 40 saying by the time I turn 45, I'm going to, and that's what, and it's like, yeah, I turned, I turned 45 and it didn't, that, that didn't, that didn't, that didn't, that didn't give me the shove. Right. Right. Um, and, and I think, I think that's the, the hard thing with, with stuff, with stuff like this sometimes is sometimes the, you know, the facts put before you can even be very dire or like very serious, you know, like even with like the smoking example, it's a great example right. because it's like, you can be presented with the information that you continue smoking like this chances are very good you will get lung cancer and you could die like and and suffer while you die and that's that's so incredibly grave yet still sometimes that's doesn't move sure you you know that's i think that's that's the really scary and hard part about it right right and we all have those areas in life where we know right we know there's areas in life we need to attend to right and, and the question becomes is like, okay, how do we build motivation in that space? Like right, what's right. the processes by which we can pay attention and say, there are things in my life that I need to get straightened out. Now, some of the dilemma is, is that there are so many things that we know we may need to change or that would be optimal to change, but we don't have the resources to do them all. Hmm. And so again, this, this takes us back to those three, those circles of, well, if I can't do them all, I might as well not do any. Hmm. It just becomes so overwhelming. It just becomes overwhelming. That, so we, you know, we we just kind of curl up in fetal position and yeah. say, yeah, things are so much I need to change and I can't change them all. So what's the use of changing one thing yeah. when there's 15 others that are going to. Yeah. And it's like so. So we have to find the the intellectual and cognitive and emotional processes to say there's something beneficial about changing what I am able to change. And. And that is what's necessary in this contemplation stage. It's like we're, we're evaluating ourselves. We're, we're looking at our environment. We look at our resources. We look at the, our family structures. We look at all the possibilities of, of, okay, what, what, what's necessary for me to be able to attend to this thing that's, that I would like to change. And and as we do that, we're building courage. We're, we, we may take some stabs at it. We may take some half-hearted attempts at change. Like I remember, like there were a few times I'm like, okay, I'm going to start doing push-ups. 
Yeah. And so, yep. okay. I, I, I remember everyone relates to that struggle. Sure. I remember, I remember in my, my, my mid to late thirties thinking, okay, I'm going to, I started and it's like, man, five pushups is hard. And I remember getting up to 40 and I'm like, huh? Yes. I, okay, great. But I still was in the con. I still wasn't ready to take the, like doing, doing a couple pushups a day. Wasn't going to get me to my vision of what I was thinking. And so, so I grew disheartened and, and mm-hmm. I got, it just, I, I went back and I was like, yeah. And I stopped doing it. I remember praying saying, God help me. I, Spirit of God, remind me. And I remember many times as I'm getting into bed, I remember thinking, hey, Tim, why don't you drop down and do 10 push-ups tonight before you go to bed? I'll, I'll start that tomorrow night. Exactly. And, and it's yep. like, and it's like after a while, I'm like, I keep asking God to remind me, and he reminds me, and I still don't do it. Like, I'm still not, yeah. I'm still not making this, this change, but I'm building the courage to change. It, it's, I'm, I'm aware that I need to change. And I was my body is started to hurt. I'm, I was, I was pressing towards 50. I I'm like, I can tell my body is changing. I'm, I'm sitting all day talking to people. I come home, um, emotionally tired, physically tired. And I'm like the, it seems like the best thing to do after sitting all day, talking to people would be to come home and sit down on the couch and watch hockey and eat a snack. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm, now I'm compounding my problem by not attending, not doing what I know needs to be done. And on top of that, I start doing the very things where it's like, I'm, I'm going backwards rapidly yeah. and I'm going to pay the price for it. And I yeah. started to pay the price for it. My body was hurting. My muscles were hurting. My neck was and back were hurting. I, I had a torn rotator cuff and, and that injury from a long time ago began to get increasingly worse as I, as my body began to diminish. And I was on one day I went to the bike trail thinking I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, go for a walk. And so I'm, I'm moving into the next stage of preparation for change. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm testing it out. And so the preparation space for change is when we make a commitment to it. It's like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm so committed. This is the to next, stage. This is the next, next stage. stage. So okay. we go from pre-contemplation to, to contemplation, contemplation to preparation. And so preparation is a place where we're, we're, we're making this initial commitment. Like we intend to change. And we're, we're going to set the ground and we're going to start preparing for change. And, and so I'm, I started to move into that space and I'm, I go down to the bike path in our town and I'm, I'm going for a walk and it's like, okay, I, I, a walk would be a good, uh, that's a good thing to do. So I went down to go for a walk and I was, I was walking this older gentleman. He had to be in his seventies, came past me one direction in a jogging outfit, fit and trim and strong well-defined muscle. And I'm like, dang, this is, this is an old guy who's in good shape. Like, uh, and, and, um, and he went past and I remember thinking something along the lines of that's what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. And something clicked for me in that moment. He came back, he was going one direction. He came back past me, um, a few minutes later and was jogging back past me and he stopped and walked beside me and chatted with me for a bit and said, said goodbye and took off jogging down the path and out in front of me. And I remember thinking when I grow up, when I have grandkids, I want to be able to play with them in the backyard. I want to be able to, uh, that's what I want to be like. And, and a vision uh, Hmm. coalesced for me. And I said, that's now it's time. Like if I don't take action, if I don't move from this preparation, from this, 
this movement from contemplation and through preparation and thinking about it and things it's like, if I don't do it, I'm going to be hurting. I'm going to be gaining weight. My body is not going to do what I want it to do. I'm going to watch my grandkids play in the yard and I'm not going to be able to play with them. I'm not going to be able to go out and shoot basketball with my son. I'm not going to be able to go play hockey with him. Mm. I'm not going to be able to do things that I want to be able to do if I don't get my butt moving. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden I moved from preparation to action. It was that week I called CrossFit and I, mm. and I bought my membership and I committed. I'm going to take action. And that's the next step. Or that's, the next the, stage. that's the next stage. That's the fourth stage is, is action is it's like, okay, we're going all in it's time and we're going to focus on what we're able to change. We're going to focus on that middle circle. I'm going to do what I'm able to do. And so I signed up for CrossFit and it nearly killed me. <laughs> like, um, I, I went to my first class and I came home. My wife looked at me. And she's like, are you okay? You look green. Like you, you look terrible. I feel terrible. Like I feel like I'm going to vomit. Like I am like, this is not, I'm not okay. Like this is, this is, I am. But what I've, I started in action. I started to learn something about myself. And when we move into the space of action, what we begin to find out is there more, there's more to us than we know. There's, we have, we have more depth. We have more capacity then we are often willing to really apprehend because we can't see it until we move into action. We don't, you don't know how much there is to you hmm. until you're pressed. You don't know what you're able to. I, I think of uh, the, the current Ukraine crisis and I think of Zelensky, the president. And I think there's more to that man than a comedian who sure. made funny movies sure. and who it's like, and who won a political camp, uh, political, um, race and was elected now in the face of in tremendous pressure you see a leader arise that that never would have arised had there not been action had there not been a movement and so we find out under pressure under action there's more to you than you know yeah and that's encouraging yeah and it builds our yeah. it builds our capacity to say i can do this and and as the weeks went by i'm like i think i'm this is not this is not okay. And I'm watching people all around me who are doing 20 times more who are tremendously strong. And so in action, we have to, again, continue to remind ourselves that we're focused on what we're able to do, not on what we're not able to do. And just because other people are able to do something doesn't diminish what I am able to do. It's not mocking me. It's not, it doesn't hurt my ego. If I'm, if I don't let it, it's like, it's like yeah. my ego can be strengthened by the reality I'm attending to what I'm able to do. And that's courageous and that's wise. And it's important for us to attend to what we're able to attend to. And what I found is that the people who were like American Ninja Warrior like athletes would come up and give me a high five and say, good workout today. And I'm thinking, good workout today. I like I in comparison to what you did, I did yeah. nothing. And and yet. They're saying, hey, good job. Keep it up. And this is what happens in recovery communities. Yeah. People who are sober for 30 years, they're hanging out with somebody who's, who's just came into the recovery program and they're, they're, they're still high or they're still drunk and they're showing up at AA. And the people who are sober for 30 years are saying, great workout today. Keep coming. See you tomorrow. Like, let's, yeah. let's stick at this. 
Well, that's great. I can't, I think I was um, as you're talking about this. Like, I keep thinking about my example that I initially shared of like my my Bible reading habits. Like, you know, there was a point where I didn't read it at all. I didn't read my Bible at all. Right. What happened was I saw some people older than me, like who just knew the Bible, mm-hmm. like in new amounts of it, and they had it memorized mm-hmm. and you could I could tangibly see the impact that it held on their life, but I also immediately understood that didn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And that took years of just putting themselves in it time and time and time again and committing themselves to the like the constant discipline of 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 doing that Mm -hmm. and so we and that's that's where it's like oh that vision thing is so important Mm -hmm. because there's a particular you know individual i have in mind where i i sat and listened to this person just know scripture and I also, uh, yeah, and I immediately understood that's just going, you're going to have to commit to that daily if you ever want to see that sort of impact in your own life. Yeah. And so I had this vision and then that shifted in me a actual like desire to start taking action. Right. But then, you, you know, obviously you start for a couple of weeks and then it's like, bump, you, you fall off. Yeah. But time after time like it it develops it strengthens you realize there's more to yourself and i i think you know now being a little further along whenever i see you know a high school kid even just attempt to read the bible Mm -hmm. i'm like yes man you go like i'm so pumped that you tried um and then you know they try for a week and then without fail they're like i don't want to do this anymore and then several months later they want to pick it back up i'm like all right let's go you know so i i totally get the you know that ninja warrior person who's encouraging you and your early steps because they're like this is how it starts this is the only way and this is the way you got to keep going and someone who's been there is so excited when they see somebody else stepping into that. Right. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's fantastic. And so when we take action, we are, we are applying ourselves to the full measure of it. Like we are diving in and many people think that that's the measure of change. Like, did we change? And it's like, well, yes, but not quite. Mm-hmm. We, we still have another stage of change that is crucially, crucially important. Yeah. Um, and that's the stage of maintenance. And, and maintenance is this place in which we take our action and we make it a lifestyle. We, we're, we, are, we are now, um, we have now derived much of the benefit from the, from the work. Like we, we, we see tangible, very, very tangible re- results. Like I just had this nine month window and I went and did my, um, what they call embody scan, where it gives all the measurements of, of progress. And I, in nine months, um, I lost 15 pounds of fat and gained seven pounds of muscle. And in the middle of that, I had surgery where I was out of commission for many weeks on end and lost tremendous amounts of muscle mass doing nothing but recovering from my surgery. And so, so like the, the, my action produced incredibly tangible results that were, are deeply satisfying, have really been quite life changing. 
Like I helped my daughter move into her new apartment the other day and she lived on the third floor of a house and she was moving into the third floor of another house. (laughs) Everything was down three flights of steps (laughs) down three flights of steps up. Um, I think we calculated, we did at least 60, probably at least 60 to 70 flights of stairs carrying all of her stuff. And I just did it. It wasn't, I was tired, but, but I was like, I remember thinking, huh, I'm getting the tangible benefit of the work that I've done, the actions that I've taken. I'm not winded. I can jog up the steps. I can, I can carry this heavy stuff up the steps and I can go do it again. I can go do it again and I can go do it again. And I'm fine. Like I'm, it's, I'm, I'm like, huh, the, I, I, this, I want to maintain, but I know, I know how resilient my inaction can be how tempting it is to put my butt on the chair, kick up my feet, turn on the hockey game, watch (laughs) a movie. Don't do it. Like I, I know that maintaining is hard. And so after these five stages were formulated by, um, and Clemente, there's a sixth stage that was added later or that people talk about later. And that's the stage is called relapse. And you, you already mentioned it. Sure. Um, is we used to think that that relapse was just simply like a failure. Hmm. And what we've learned since is that relapse actually isn't a failure. It's actually part of the cycle. It's part of the stages. It's part of the process. Is when I was, when I was learning to do, when I was getting down on the floor when I was 37, and went from five push-ups to 40 push-ups. I didn't fail. I relapsed. I, I gave up. But I learned something about myself in that process. And every relapse, if we apply ourselves to it, it adds to our learning. We learn something about ourselves so that the next time we try, we, we go a little further. And we go a little further down the road. We go a little deeper in. And, and we, and when we, and when we relapse again, it's in, in the recovery community, it's fantastic at this. It's like, so you relapsed. Okay. Well, we'll see you in group tomorrow. Like don't, don't, right. don't stop coming to group. Like bring right. your, bring yourself here yeah. and re-engage. You might, you, what you might be finding is that there were areas of pre-contemplation about things that needed mm. to be addressed. That would sustain your change, but you've never known it. You didn't even contemplate. You're not even aware. And now you're aware of it. And you say, oh, my God, that's substantive. And that's going to like that takes discipline and that takes courage. And that I'm not sure I'm willing to change that. Well, okay, but that's what drove your relapse. Yeah. Now let's talk about it. Let's think that through. Let's contemplate it. Let's, you know what? Let's make preparation for change. What would it take for you to change? All right, let's implement that action. Okay. Now you're getting the benefit and you've grown and okay, let's maintain that. And we relapse again and it's tempting to be like, oh, you schmuck. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and most people do. It's like, that's precisely, uh-huh, uh-huh. that's precisely the, 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 what many people will say is like, I just suck. I'm like, I'm just a, a flawed a fundamentally flawed human being who's not able to change. It's like, like, no, 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 not at all. It's like you learn something about yourself. Now let's re-engage in the process. Let's, let's go through these again. And, and when I think of the Proverbs, there's this beautiful proverb that talks about relapse or talks about something equivalent to relapse. It says, though a righteous man fall, 
seven times, yet he will rise again. Hmm. And there's something about this cycle of we fall down, but good people get back up. We, we, we get back up and we get back up no matter how long it takes, Mm -hmm. no matter how imperfect we are to the day we die. I want to characterize myself as a person who gets back up because there's more to me than I know. And so, so there's still more to me than I know. It's like, I've made some tremendous gains, um, in physical fitness. I still have a ton of space to go. Do I have the courage to do it all? I don't know, but I'm going to continue to press I'm going to continue to press into that. What are the other areas of my life that I need to change? There's some I don't even know about. There's some I probably wouldn't even be willing to consider. Yeah. But as my inner circle grows, I will build the courage to look at those things. I will be willing to take feedback from other people and say, huh, I can continue to grow. I can continue to thrive. I continue to become the kind of man that God created me to be. I continue to become a man of character and a man of substance so that I can love my wife, I can love my children, that I can be productive in society, that I can make a difference in the lives of people. And if I attend to what I'm able to attend to, and I stay in that circle, God will give me the wisdom to stay out of that outer circle of what I can't control. And as I do that, my influence can grow, my ability to make an impact can grow. And as a person, I just, I will become healthier. And so those are the, that's the process of change as we, we engage in in these in these these stages and the processes within those stages and as we go through them we continue um, we continue to make progress yeah that's good and i feel like I, I you know so much of this just makes logical sense and i'm sure someone listening to this is go like is going yeah yep i've been there i've realized i've learned something i've started to and then i've failed and I feel like the the linchpin here seems to be this like mindset shift in how do you understand the relapse? Mm-hmm. Because I think everyone understands that like I have, I want something to change. I've tried and I've even mm-hmm. started to take the actions. And, and I, I would imagine a lot of people have even started to see the maintenance where it's like, wow, this is the change is really happening and it's impacting me. And then the relapse happens, mm-hmm. and um, and then that's where. Well, and you know, you know, even heard me say it with with my sleeping story. Like, you know, I wanted. There were many times where it's like, okay, I'm going to set my alarm for 7 a.m. and I'm going to do something productive right away, and that happens for like three days, and then mm-hmm. I sleep in again, and then I. But what inserts itself is this like the sh- is shame, the mm-hmm. sense of failure, the sense of like you'll never see any real change you're mm-hmm. never gonna actually overcome this right mm-hmm. but so that's where i feel like this linchpin here is this understanding this relapse as this learning opportunity mm-hmm. like this this is actually the way forward is continuing to when it happens to pause to actively fight back this this sense of like shame that wants to take over mm-hmm. and to say okay what's going on here what prompted this relapse you know because oftentimes i it's not just that you wanted to go back into that space Mm -hmm. i i think of um romans 12 i think it's verse 2 says um do not be conformed to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind Mm -hmm. there are these all these pressures 
conforming us like out, almost outwardly um, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's like, you got to be critical. You got to understand, okay, what is pressing in on me right now that caused me to relapse into whatever behavior I didn't want. Right. right? If you can start to identify that and hopefully in a new way that you didn't realize before, that's where you can then actually start to say, okay, how do I want to think about this? How can I be aware that when I get stressed out at work, it's going to prompt me to want to come home and just turn on hockey? Right. Like, how can I, when when I'm coming home after a stressful day, what do I need to start doing to be like, okay, this was a hard day. When you get home, you're going to want to veg out on the, the, the couch rather than do your workout that you had planned. Right. This is a, I don't know. So I feel like this this becomes like crucial to actually seeing change happen absolutely what we find is that that um we have to sacrifice yeah like like the to 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 make the changes that we want to make in life is going to require something of us we're going to have to be giving up something and sometimes we got to give up good things in order to be able to achieve what what our vision is or what we want to accomplish Mm -hmm. and so what Mm -hmm. relapse will point towards is it will show us where, where we still need to sacrifice hmm. and it will, it might be crazy expensive. Hmm. It might, like it might be actually expensive, actual money, but, but more than likely it's going to be expensive in other ways. It's going to be expensive in how you use your time. It's going to be expensive in how you, where you emotionally invest. It's going to be, ex, it's, it's going to require something of you to be able to make that, to make that kind of change. And so when we do, that's what gets us back into the early parts of that cycle. It's like if we're willing to learn from relapse, we will find out this is what's required of us to accomplish the vision. And so will you sacrifice it for something greater? And that is very, very challenging Mm -hmm. for people to um, attend to. The other aspect that's crucial, crucial in change is community. It's, it's that we don't yep. change. We just aren't able to do it by ourselves. Like we, we are, I think the, the 12 steps, the first step is like we come to an awareness that by ourselves, we can't manage and control this. Like we are like, we need help. And, and, that, and that makes sense both to the, you know, you oftentimes you can't just conjure up a vision for yourself you have to see it first in someone else and that's in both of our stories you saw it in this old man walking i saw it um in this older friend you know you you someone has to go before you and say here's what this looks like right and then you know with the action i i just can't help can't help but feel like the having other people encouraging you especially in those first painful steps like hey this is right this is good you are doing it and then especially in the relapse phase to have someone say, hey, this is a part of it. This is a part of life. Get up. Keep going. We're, I'm going to walk beside you. I'm going to help you through this. Like, um, yeah, yeah. That, that just makes absolute yeah. sense. To I me. just met with my, with my coach, my fitness coach. And I mean, this guy is a specimen of physical <laughs> fitness. Like, it's fantastic. <laughs> And he saw my results and he was ex- genuinely excited. And he's like, man, Tim, you're just crushing it. And I'm like, to hear him say that, hmm, hmm, hmm. I'm like, that's motivating. Yeah. That yeah. there's something, there's something about that where it's like, oh man, there's more to me than I know. Like yeah. I, I have potential and yeah. other people can see it and it's, it's being called out of me. 
And so, so in order, oftentimes in order to make change, we have to surrender ourselves to community. Hmm. Like I knew part of my preparation and part of my movement, I knew that I'm not going to self-motivate and go out and work out by myself in my garage to the level necessary to achieve my goal. Yep. I was going to have to make the investment of time and money to get into community. Hmm. And so I chose a place that focuses on group work. And man, has that ever been useful for me? Hmm. Um, I just, just, just last week I was, we were out having to do this crazy long, this long workout that include running and I hate running. Um, I mean, even Proverbs says only the wicked run when no one pursues. <laughs> uh, and I just don't like running. And, and I, I heard this guy behind me catching up to me. Now he was one of these fantastic athletes who had already ran out in front of me a long ways and was on his way back when I turned around already. <laughs> he's about I, to lap you. Yeah. He's about to lap me and I hear him coming <laughs> and I feel myself picking up the pace just a little bit. I'm like, okay, the social pressure is useful. Huh. And he came back and he said, Hey, keep going, man. We can make it. And all of a sudden I'm like, it, what struck me is, is I was like, he's saying we can make it like where hmm. he is like, He's not really at the same place. He's as not you. at the same place as me. Not not at not fitness levels. Right, right. But we're in this space, in this class, in this time together, yeah. and we're both out on a run, and we can do it. As I had That's at least cool. two people in that run, mm-hmm. when I was gassed and I was wore out, people saying, "Hey, come on, Tim, we can do it." Like, like yeah. let's like let's at least not walk. Let's just trot. If you can't run. Like, and, and that community of encouragement will pull more out of us than we ever believe that we can do on our own, more than we can actually do on our own. Like there's an actual more, and it's like, in that's true in our faith communities. It's true in fitness communities. It's true in, in educational spaces. It's true in career and business space. It's like, we need one another. Yeah. And, and we pull the best out of each other and that helps us change. Yeah. Um, so great conversation. This is good. Um, this is cool. And I hope our listeners um, can can apprehend the reality that there's more to them than they know. And where you're discouraged and where you want to give up, don't find community. Keep keep leaning in and keep pressing on. Um, any final words, Sam? I don't think so. This is great. Yeah. All right. You're welcome. Have a, you all have a great day. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Guideposts with Dr. Tim Stoffer. If you're finding this podcast beneficial, please share it with a friend or leave us a review. Also make sure to check out the show notes where you can find links to resources as well as an email address. We want to hear from you. Send us your questions, feedback, and topic ideas for future episodes. Thanks for listening.